Welcome to On Democracy with F.P. Wellman. I am your host, Fred Wellman. You're back again. God, it's great to see you. I really appreciate you. You know, it's been a week of long-awaited justice here in the United States. We finally see men, uh, the men who stood back and stood by but stepped up on January 6th going to jail with le- lengthy prison sentences. Uh, the leadership of the Proud Boys go, and I love this. Somebody said this on Twitter. I, I, I wish I could give them credit, Matt, but it was they're going from incels to incels. This is great. <laughs> hey, a little Twitter humor. Anyway, so we got a lot to talk about, um, but really uh, some hot breaking news. So, you know, the t- t- <laughs> you know, so I'm going to tell you that the creative process of On Democracy, it's very in-depth. Every week, I frantically try to find a guest that uh, is timely, and I wait to the last minute, and me and Matt freak out about being on time. And uh, But with the breaking news of Tommy Tuberville and his insanity, my friend Alex Vimman got to ha- chat with him yesterday about it. I thought, who better to have back on the show? He was our first guest in studio 11 months ago that's how long we've been doing the show in the studio so i want to welcome him back so let's just get to the show All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. As I mentioned before that cool music, I am still Fred Wellman, your host of On Democracy, the FP Wellman, right here, everywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. And of course, right on the Mice Touch Network every week. Man, it's great to be part of the network. It's growing fast. If you haven't actually subscribed, hit that button, subscribe, like, share, leave comments. Hey, if you join the show, by the way, you'll see that I hang out on Friday night when we post the show on Mice Touch Network, and I'm answering your questions. I had some people freak out because actually me, I, I do, I hang out. I got nothing better to do. We drink a glass of wine and answer your comments and replies on the show, so I'm glad to have you. Look, we predicted things would heat up after the Labor Day holiday, and I was not wrong. The Senate has returned already, and the stalemate over the promotions of now what is 301 flag officer promotion continues to go on from that man from Florida, Senator Tommy Tuberville. The House returns next week and things are going to be promised to be heated and even more chaotic than they were before they left. Uh, for a lot of reasons, election season, but the court system starting to uh, get hold of, Tom, uh, of Donald Trump, and that's a change since the last time they were together. So it promises to be a crazy time. So I want to, I wanted to jump on the opportunity to have my friend Alex Vinman join us, help us sort out some of the pieces. Now I've got a four paragraph introductory bio, Alex, but we're gonna cut today. He's Alex Vinman. You may know him. He was on TV. He's got this wonderful book, Here Right Matters. Uh, he's a regular appearance on TV. Of course, he's regularly um, uh, advising the Ukrainians and everything else. I'm not gonna, go, you know who Alex. Women as Alec Man, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back. Thanks, Fred. Uh, you know, I was I had a very, very busy plate, but I cleared it all because uh, you know, always <laughs> always available for you. I appreciate you my that. favorite people. Well, you know, the secret is I went to your wife first. See that, that people don't understand <laughs> that the way <laughs> the way I manipulate Alex is I go, I get hold of Rachel, and uh, so it works <laughs> every that time. Is, that is that is in fact true. Uh, I if she wants me to do something. I am more than happy to oblige her. So and I appreciate uh, that. But not everybody has her contact information. Yeah. So yeah, she's her, she's your booking agent, and I am I am nakedly uh, will take advantage of that. I'm not embarrassed Absolutely. by that at all. <laughs> we do what we have to do. Hey, look, you know, I I really want to talk to you. Of course, I did a video for our friends at Myers Touch this week about Tommy Tuberville. You know, he continues his hold. Um, and what I thought was interesting this week is, you know, the DOD has really stepped it up, right? I think they were waiting for them to come back. Um, there was a, a, a relatively surprising, and you you've been in. In the military like I have, um, it's surprising to see the service secretaries go really directly political. Uh, they put out an op-ed on, on, on Labor Day about Tuberville. Uh, they did appearances on TV, on CNN. It was pretty direct. I mean, and you were, you've been talking about it quite a bit. Of course, you've gotten involved in it. They're heating up. Um, tell us a little bit. I mean, it's getting bad, right? I think 650, by the end of the year, they estimate that 650 of 852 of the flag officers uh, will be empty, will be, well, they're saying affected by this, which I think is really interesting framing. Um, can you just let good rights, can you help people understand the real impact within the military of what this really means? I think Tuberville is spending some bullshit that's not a big deal, but you've lived it. You're more recent yeah. in the army than I was. What's the real impact for those who understand the military system, the real impact on these holds? So by the end of this year, 75% of all of the uh, general officers uh, will be on uh, promotions, um, advancements are going to be on hold. Wow. That means that you have folks that can't retire, that have uh, served long careers because they don't want to leave vacancies. That means that you don't have um, new a new crop of generals coming in, generals and admirals coming in to lead formations. This is not administrative uh, positions. These are not just, you know, Pentagon posts or uh, garrison locations. These are combatant commands. 
you know, that word combatant in there. These are the yep. warfighting commands. They're not going to have leadership that, that uh, some folks are going to be dual hatted, filling multiple roles. It is going to, and it cascades all, all the way on down in the force. Right. I know uh, one of the reasons I'm uh, deeply passionate about it is because one of my neighbors and a good friend of mine, his own promotion to Colonel is actually being de- delayed. Oh, wow. He's a superstar, multiple promotions below zone, being developed for general. This is not his promotion to general. He's getting promoted to colonel. And he's being put into a colonel slot in the Pentagon. Mm. But he can't be frocked to colonel because of the holes. So this works its way down the entire line. And certainly long term, I think the effects on folks that are considering careers in the military and deciding whether they want to commit to a uh, institution that was apolitical, service-bound, um, selfless, but is now being politicized by the likes of Tommy Tupperville and, frankly, the Republican Party, because yeah. it's not just Tupperville. It's the Republican Party. It's the fringe element of the Republican Party. I think people are going to choose otherwise. I know some of my uh, uh, colleagues are considering choosing otherwise, and you know, I'm sure there are people out there that say, good, but that is not a good thing to leave these brilliant people um, to, to frankly compel them to look for other career options because they'll be successful when they do other things. But we could really use that talent in the military. Well, I tell I'll people, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. It's, it's also pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, there was a clamor. I know I had pushed hard for the Department of Defense to be vocal. This is a fall on your sword moment. This is a time to not, you know, kind of, fall back on careerism, the impact on your on right. your own ability to do work. If people have to resign in order to make this point, in order to lift this hold, to send the message to the, to the fringe Republican Party that uh, officer promotions should not be politicized, this is worth fighting for. So I'm really glad to see the Department of Defense, uh, the service secretaries come out swinging. And, and Washington Post has come out with a number of articles. Yeah. There needs to be a hard crust. One of the things that really concerns me is the polling that shows Tommy Tuberville and his, you know, his kind of partisans are actually having an effect on uh, support for the military a- as a whole. I think it, amongst the uh, Republicans, it's somewhere in the 60s, wow. which is, you know, frankly, uh, the Republican Party has traditionally been kind of a stalwart yeah. for uh, for v- veterans or in uh, military service, but it's having an effect on the institution. It's having an effect on uh, the whole ecosystem around veterans, veterans care, veteran uh, uh, military families, and it must end. And I'm not pulling any punches. I went after, uh, I don't know if I called him a dipshit or a dirt bag or something like that. Uh, one of those two. I mean, they're both. <laughs> he fits, all those. He fits I, all those. He definitely is a dipshit. I took it personally. He decided to, instead of taking, you know, uh, Taking my criticism as a, as a man, he decided to to you know pipe up and say something. Yep. And I was not hesitant at all in, in in coming after him. This has to be resolved. We cannot have this uh, this go on indefinitely towards the end of this year and the uh, carry on effects of, of, with with veterans. Well, I want to jump in because one of the things that we we see and we've seen consistently in the Republican Party they've been doing uh, for a couple of years now is trying to separate the generals, the, the, you know, the woke generals from the rank and file. And one of my frustrations, and that's exactly what's going on here. You've seen lately, like Tuberville wasn't having his just scummy staff who calls him coach instead of senator, um, like literally going into the ranks and the list of promotions and, oh, look at this one. She supports DEI initiatives and all that kind of, to actually attack these officers who have already passed their, the Senate Armed Services committee have been approved essentially for these promotions now he's circling in and trying to literally attack the military and what i tell a lot of my civilian peers they don't understand alex is you don't become a general without first being that guy being in the rank and file they start off as second lieutenants like everybody else and rise to the ranks and you don't create generals today you cannot just make a guy a general for tomorrow's war it's law it's a 20 to 30 30 year process to make a general. so when you politicize like this the guys who are the captains now the what we call O3s in the military, you know, the young 29-year-olds, I think I was a country commander at 29, you probably were too, or 28, you know, they're watching this. And like the drawdown, and you didn't live through it because you're younger, younger than me, but I was part of the drawdown in 94, or excuse me, 90, when after the Cold War, we had our first big drawdown after the Cold War before Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And I tell you, the, the secret, folks, what people don't realize is when you have that kind of situation, the people who walk 
like you said it, Alex, are the really good ones. Uh, let's be honest. It's like any layoff in a company. The people who can get a job elsewhere, who are the superstars, who are the rock stars, they can go get a job at, at Goldman Sachs or whatever on Wall Street. Those the people say, you know what? This is not worth it for my family. Right now, there are 301 military families, and that's actually not accurate because when a person doesn't get a new position, his old position remains vacant and or he sits in it, keeping another person from filling that position. I mean, it's, it, there's a cascading effect, and that means military spouses, you can't get new jobs or move. They don't have orders. See, the thing is, people understand is the military isn't going to move the guy to the job until he's literally – they're forbidden by law of doing any orders that move him to the job. Right. So so if you've got a young captain or a lieutenant colonel, like we were saying, you know what, this is not worth this because this is not getting better. It's getting worse and worse. And the Republican Party is making it worse and worse. They're going to vote with their feet. And now we're not talking about we talk about the danger of national security today. But in 10 years or 20 years, I mean, when you look at some of the scandals we had during the, during the global war on terror, I don't know if you remember the people probably remember General Sinclair. You remember General Sinclair and having an affair with his aide? <laughs> that, yeah. I, I, had, I knew him right. I, uh, quite well, actually. I supported his um, mission rehearsal exercise. Wow. Uh, so I had a chance to work with him quite extensively. At right. Point. And, and people forget these scandals. that We had a number of generals get fired during the war on terror. And it wasn't for, sadly, it wasn't necessarily because of their combat performance, because of moral things, things that things that should have drummed them out as young officers, but they made it all the way to general. So so the national yeah. security damage that Tuberville is doing today, everybody just says it's very short-sighted to say, well, it's today. They got acting people. It's no big deal. I talked to a soldier. He said, we don't care who the generals it's but it's tomorrow it's 10 years it's 20 years right so the national security component is compelling because we know the world is not going to get simpler it's going to get more complex yep we have all sorts of challenges on the horizon but i take this personally i take this personally because i know exactly what these officers are experiencing from the fact that they're being attacked and cannot defend themselves right i was attacked by by trump the trump white house and and the and the maga wing uh, the MAGA ecosystem. And because I was in the military, I could not punch back. Right. I had to sit there and take it. I mean, fortunately I had some, 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 uh, you know, kind of partisans outside the, the system that were able to say something like you, like, <laughs> uh, that, you know, that was, uh, that could say something on my behalf, uh, you know, test to my, my um, competencies and so forth. But these guys really don't have the means to say anything because they would further inflame the issue. Yep. They are prohibited from actually criticizing the Senate by law. They're forbidden from criticizing a sitting Senator. It could be a violation of uniform code and military justice. So the bottom line is what it comes down to is that they are, they are bullies and they are attacking these officers because they could get away with it. And that disgusts me. These fucking assholes need to pay Yep. They need to be crushed. There needs to be a, you know, McCarthyism moment where the attack on the military, the attack on the army actually is what ended up bringing down McCarthy. Yep. It was the, the legal counsel for the, the department of the army that said, do you, are, you know, have you uh, no shame? Have you no shame? Yep. And we, we need to get to that moment. Yep. Have you no shame center? Have you no shame staff attacking uh, officers that cannot defend themselves and jeopardizing U.S. national security. These these folks need to, to be destroyed. Their political careers need to be ended. The message needs to be sent that they, this kind of uh, uh, attack on fundamental institutions of the United States cannot stand. I agree, and 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 it's a great example. It's a perfect example we're seeing, right? It, it is it is this outrageous behavior, this outrageous attack on what should be an apolitical organization, and they are not paying any kind of political price. Uh, and 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 the weakness and and, and the fecklessness, I, I hate to say it, of their colleagues within the GOP. Uh, and I do think McConnell is a part of this. I think McConnell's weakness. I don't care what he says about how he has no problems medically. We all witnessed him tuning out for thirty seconds at a time. I do think that's part of the problem right now. Is McConnell? Uh, it feels like McConnell's lost control of his entire damn thing you know and we saw the spin right and and going back to what that was the attack on you was that your promotion list was held by senator, senator tammy duckworth they're spinning that as oh how do, you guys are attacking us for something you exactly did walk people have probably forgotten what happened with that tell tell us what duckworth did and why she did it i mean it was you you know what the one one thing that i think about from that whole episode and and um 
my testimony in Congress, and it goes it goes further back than uh, you know Senator Duckworth. Yeah. Um, Congressman Sewell from Alabama, I want to say, asked me a question in the closed door testimony. She asked me, "Am I uh, am I the uh, target of retaliation in the White House?" This was early on. Mm-hmm. This was like in the no- uh, October timeframe. Right. And I still thought I had a military career. And, uh, you know, for, I, I rationalized in my mind, even though I knew I was already the target of retaliation, I'd been kind of eliminated from, um, from, from meetings that required my participation in order to do my job, uh, to support the white house, the administration, the U S government. And I somehow rationalized in my mind that, you know, maybe it was limited. Maybe it was just the white house or something of that nature. Maybe it was the national security council. Right. And I regret that. I regret that I didn't, didn't, you know, that I rationalized it, didn't provide a more accurate assessment of the fact that I was the target of retaliation. And I was a target of retaliation from the opening days of when I made uh, my concerns about Trump's corruption heard all the way through, frankly, present day, but all the way through my time in in uniform. And um, it extended beyond my time in the White House, beyond being fired by the president to uh, investigations by uh, uh, compelled by the White House yep. um, for the Department of the Army to investigate me for uh, all sorts of, you know, patently absurd accusations that I was uh, cl- completely cleared of to withholding my promotion or, or uh, really urging the putting maximum pressure on the Trump Department of Defense. These are Trump political appointees, the Secretary of the Army and Secretary of Defense to withhold my name from the promotion list that I was already on. I was selected by the uniformed ranks for promotion to Colonel based on a long career of, of service. Uh, and I was selected for both promotion to Colonel and for senior service college, yep. really important key milestones that yep. that is a, an enormously successful career by most accounts. Wow. And uh, they forced the uh, department of defense and the army to delay it, my promotion for months. And ultimately, um, the, the, uh, Mark Meadows, the, the chair, the president's uh, chief of staff called in the secretary of, uh, defense and the secretary of the army and berated them for considering putting my name on the promotion list. That, that, that was a lot of the straw that back uh, broke the camel's back that, and the fact that I learned that the army had conducted an investigation into me behind my back, uh, without knowing anything about it or without being able to defend myself. And two, two days later, I submitted my retirement uh, package. And at that point, um, the Army released the promotion list literally two days later, gave me my retirement orders, a process that takes six to nine months. It requires an enormous headache to really get even anything accelerated beyond that. And uh, the message was, was clear. You know, everybody was happy to part ways. I did it. Why? Because I knew that that promotion list was not going to move forward with my name on it that would be uh, uh, impeding the promotion of hundreds of colonels. And now we're talking about hundreds of generals and the cascading effect to colonels and everybody uh, else. Yep. So I, I did this for mm-hmm. a principal reason and decided to step aside to not harm national security, whereas Tommy Tuberville is more than happy to politicize the military and jeopardize national security. Now, where does Senator Duckworth step into this? She, was, uh, she became aware of the fact that there was a... Um, there was a delay in the promotion list and she asked, she directed that the department of defense provide some accountability as to the promotions. I think there was a bit of a slighter hand. She was deceived to, to tell you the truth by these Trump political appointees, not uncommon. Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact is, you know, they rationalized in their mind that, you know, the system was working, you know, at, uh, internally it was working fine. They didn't answer the question of whether the white house was applying pressure right. to delay permission. But they, you know, provided a narrow kind of somewhat accurate answer. And then she lifted the, the hold up promotion. That all played out over the course of weeks. Right. Not once the way that Tuberville is holding this up and doing the exact same thing that resulted in my leaving the military, which is politicizing the military. Right. 
and 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 that's exactly and by the way her hold in that system in in, in the way that was done is really why the system exists it is is one center has concerns with a process or a system and says hey let's look at this or or a person and it's used rarely 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 never for what is essentially a policy problem that has nothing to do with the military promotion or the people the the people who are being promoted or the list itself simply a, a senator a senator who doesn't want to do his fucking job now, let's be very honest the, the bottom line here is he's a fucking he united states senator right he's a fucking united states senator he, he could submit a bill he could submit an, an amendment to the 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 the, 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 the budget NDAA. there's a million things he should do he could work with his peers or other senators to build a coalition of like my he could get the entire republican caucus at least to say hey this is a i don't i believe this rule is wrong but but for this is why this is what i want to do no what he's doing is doing the petulant fucking child thing of sitting there you know, putting his fingers near saying fuck you i'm not gonna you know, it, it is completely against the whole system because he yeah. doesn't want to do his fucking job well there's it's that he doesn't know how to do his job. right i mean it says it all that he wants to distinguish himself amongst a hundred senators by calling himself coach oh. like coach is more oh. important than senator. makes me fucking crazy I mean, every time there are some terrific coaches out there <sighs> but there are hundred senators and selected by the constituents of their, the population within their state yeah it is absolutely absurd this guy is a clown uh it is an embarrassment for for the state of alabama that he's there yeah i am unfortunately you know there is little prospect that this guy is going to be voted out although no. I will do whatever I can to help uh, usher him out yeah. into a retirement, but uh, it's a mistake and people just don't understand the kind of harm he's doing. I agree. You know, I, this is probably a great place to take a break. I want to come back to this. Uh, we got some great sponsors today, so let's get to hear from our sponsors. Have you heard of senescent cells, also known as zombie cells? These old worn out cells no longer serve a useful function for our health, wasting our energy and nutritional resources. These zombie cells tend to accumulate in our bodies as we age, leading to the aches, slow workout recoveries, and a sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling, which I might know something about. Now, our sponsor, Neurohackers, packs seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients in one formula called Qualia Senolytic. You can take just two days a month for fast, noticeable benefits for a much better aging process. Senolytic ingredients are science-backed to support our body's natural elimination of those zombie cells. Now, my body and energy levels feel about 15 years younger after just a couple of months of adding Qualia Senolytics to my diet. I love how easy it is to take having more physical and mental energy for my family, my friends, my gardening, my walking. It's a win in how I show up for those I love and the things I love doing. My productivity is doubled. I feel invigorated, enthusiastic, with the daily drive and motivation to get things done. And let me tell you, I got a lot of things to get done. Now, the form is a non-GMO vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effects of all the ingredients together. Now, it's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, so you have almost three months to try Qualius Analytic at no financial risk and decide for yourself. If you're in your late 20s or older like me, you know, adding Qualius Analytic to your diet can play a crucial role in combating negative aging symptoms. Now, go to neurohacker.com slash fred, for up to 50% off Qualia Senolytic and as a listener of On Democracy with Fred Wellman, use code FRED at checkout for an extra 15% off your first picture. purchase. Now, that's neurohacker.com slash FRED to try Qualia Senolytic with code FRED. Start aging on your terms like I have. Nowadays, when I drink alcohol, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. So a lot of the time, I'll be the only person in the group not drinking, or I just end up skipping plans of friends altogether. That is until I discovered Z-Biotics. Now, Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. So here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. Now, just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and then get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. The first time I tried Z-Biotics was I was heading out to a night out and a great concert all night long. As instructed, I drank a bottle of Z-Biotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at how good I felt the next day. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinking, it makes such a difference the next day. I mean, even after nice uh, drinks the night before, I, I know I'll be able to get back to my daily routine. You know, like you guys know about my three-mile daily walk or, you know, just hit my garden with ease. 
Get ZBiotics to try for yourself. Go to ZBiotics.com slash Fred to get 15% off your first order when you use code Fred at checkout. ZBiotics is back with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, it's simple. Just head to ZBiotics.com slash Fred. Use that code Fred at checkout for 15% off. And I got to say, thank you, Z-Box, for sponsoring our great episode. And we're back. I tell you, that, that's exactly it, right? It, it, and the punchline, of course, is the guy doesn't even live in fucking Alabama. He lives in Florida. Uh, the Washington Post has been all over that, you know. But you're, we're stuck. The system is what it is. He's, he's got another four years before he faces election. Wait, Fred, um, does, does that mean he has to, um, he has to run against Rick Scott in order to, <laughs> to be, to be yeah. senator because yeah. are there three senators from the state of Florida now? Well, you know, we got we got three from Virginia because Josh Hawley doesn't live in Missouri either. I mean, they, they yeah. don't seem to care. Well, there was a time when there was morals uh, and and shame mattered to what was the Republican Party, right? You know, the you know the the Law and Order Party. Now, nah, they just don't care. You know, they just they're, and McConnell where he is now, there's is is just he just wants power. He doesn't care. That's that's the only reason he's still uh, they're trying to keep him alive. Um, Another part of this that has been troubling to me, and, and CNN's uh, uh, Manu, what's now Raj, I think did a story today uh, on Wednesday, kind of set me off, frankly, because the story really just framed this, it almost framed the article or the situation. First, they called it a feud, the, the feud between the Democrats and Tommy Tuberville, which is it's a hostage crisis. It's not a feud. And, and the second, it's almost like they, what the, the talking point now is becoming, well, it's the Democrats' fault they haven't just taken every single promotion to the floor for votes. Um, you know, if they want these guys promoted, well, they could just vote on this. this he's only blocking unanimous consent. Um, explain to people why that are, first of all, Fuck you, CNN. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You know, the, the idea is this is a few, and it's the, a, a yet another failure of the political media to understand this moment where everything has to be a fucking horse race. No, this is one asshole not doing his job and using his power to politicize the military. It's not another yet another competition between Dems and Republicans. However, yeah. circling back this bullshit argument that the Dems should be doing more, explain to folks who are a lot, you know, people, because I get a lot of comments. Every time I do a Tuberville video, people say, I don't get it, Fred. How does one senator have this much power? How come they just don't vote on it? Can you explain why 301 promotions going to individual votes is why such, such a crock bullshit idea? Sure. So actually the Heritage Foundation. Yeah, yeah they came at you on that one. Absurd kind of new right. uh, absurd institution that was, you know, uh, was supposed to espouse kind of Reagan uh, foreign policy, uh, pro-defense, pro-national security has completely been co-opted uh, yeah. and is a MAGA, MAGA institution now. Yep. Um, Unanimous consent is uh, was designed around the non-controversial uh, advancement and kind of appointment because uh, the Congress has a, a job to approve officer promotions at every level. That's that's part of their mandate. Right. And what ends up happening is that because these are non-controversial, historical, apolitical promotions, unanimous consent. Basically, there are no objections from the Senate. And these lists and in their entirety get approved. Right. Why you can't do that individually is there are hundreds of these things, not just for the generals, each one of them, hundreds of those. There are colonels, there are lieutenant colonels, there are majors, there are captains. Yep. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of promotions. If you go down this road of going, uh, uh, going through approval for each one of them, you can see the scale that uh, it's impossible. There right. are not enough hours in the day, even for the hundreds of officer promotions that would completely tie up the Senate from doing any other work. Forget about judicial appointments, forget about other key vacancies within the U S government. Yep. It is a non-viable approach. It is a non-starter to go down the road of individually approving these promotions. Yeah. It needs to be the way business has been done is unanimous consent. It needs to move forward in that manner. It is completely disingenuous. The people that say there are two groups here, people that don't know, you know, it's not their business. They don't know uh, how those system works. Right. And you know, what we, we try to do here is, you know, kind of educate them and help kind of add, bring some understanding. And then there are people that know better and that are entirely disingenuous. There are yeah. liars that are basically saying, you have this alternate path. There is no alternate path. It is an absurd idea. There is a, 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 a thought to doing this around the, uh, the Joint Chiefs. I think it'd be bad business to go down the road of individually confirming Joint Chiefs. It's not without president, but it's 
it's again non-controversial. Um, these things should be, should move forward as per normal Senate and congressional business, and not go down the road of in, uh, adding these new individual votes uh, when that could again already take a very 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 busy Senate schedule and completely crush it. Right. I think the Department of Defense and the White House should stick to its guns and not allow Tuberville to to undermine and co-opt a system that has worked very effectively for decades. Yeah. And, and the goal then is on, that's where the entire Republican party loves it is the idea of shutting down any progress that the, the any laws that Dems try to pass in the majority. So they had the majority in the Senate. This is their way to use, take advantage of the situation. And once again, pull the string, politicize the military to be part of holding up the Senate's daily business. That's, that's the goal here, right? So it, it's and such it's a blatant, yeah, it's a blatant politicization of what should be an apolitical organization. And we've seen it growing for the last few years as they attack Millie and all the woke generals, but this is beyond pale. And I can't, that's why I, I wanted you on to talk about this for our viewers who understand, because I do get a lot of questions from our viewers who don't understand just how significant and dangerous this is for the institution as a whole. Um, so it's, it's, it's troubling. I really appreciate perspective. Now I wanted to kind to jump to another one that's been coming up a lot for you especially and I, I know you've been battling the battles you've, you've been very involved in ukraine obviously your family's from there originally and you've helped the security but one of the really t terrifying things and there's a lot's happened the last few weeks you had pergozin get killed uh, putin seems to be really in a weird place and then what was shocking was when he came out and it's, and it's really blowing up right now this week where he came out with a blatantly anti-semitic um comments during an interview we said and I'll, I'll read this western curators have put a person at the head of modern ukraine an ethnic jew with Jewish roots, with Jewish origins. And thus, in my opinion, they seem to be covering up an anti-human essence that is the foundation of the modern Ukrainian state. And this makes the whole situation extremely disgusting in that an ethnic Jew is covering up the glorification of Nazism and covering up those who led the Holocaust in Ukraine at one time. And this is the extermination of one and a half million people. Yeah. Pretty shocking. <laughs> you yeah. know. You know, it's interesting. I think we could have a long conversation about Ukraine and, um, you know, um, Putin and uh, yeah. dictatorship and authoritarianism. But frankly, I want to turn this one back to to, to U.S. domestic uh, politics again. Also, I think this is a uh, you know, this is a example of lack of accountability. Putin, un entirely unaccountable to his own people, uh, uh, hollowing out his democracy could say or do anything. Yep. He can completely fabricate a whole narrative around Nazism in Ukraine and use that as a justification for war. This is why accountability is so critically important against Tuberville, right. for the Republican Party, for Donald Trump and in the courts and, and the 91 indictments, for all of his enablers to, to demonstrate to enablers that there is accountability, our system is different, you will serve time to warn off others, other uh, henchmen from doing the same thing. Yep. Putin completely, you know, it, it's an absurd notion that he still, you know, somehow can convince people to not believe their eyes. Right. A Jewish man is president, just nominated a Muslim man to be the, the, uh, the secretary of defense, the minister of defense in Ukraine. Hmm. It is a, U Ukraine is a, uh, you know, a multi-ethnic, uh, multi, uh, what is the term that we use for a multi-confessional, uh, state, um, I mean, a very, very diverse society, but he doesn't want you to believe that he wants you to believe his ridiculous narrative that, you know, in spite of the fact that there are Jews and Muslims and the fact that it's a, a society that is increasingly, uh, uh, welcoming to kind of the diversity of populations that it's, it's a Nazi uh, society, right. Which is, which is a third. And then if again, the Republicans want to do the same thing. The MAGA Republicans. I mean, I, I almost have to stop saying that MAGA Republicans because no. Republicans have been captured. They're all part by, of by the, the MAGA ecosystem. Right. right. But the bottom line is that we cannot allow the a lack of accountability to turn our society to look like some of these, these failing states, failed states. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this program, uh, us having this conversation, me punching back against Tuberville or against Elon Musk and his attack on the uh, um, Anti-Defamation League is absolutely, uh, we cannot normalize this. We have to go and challenge these people, make sure that we impose costs. In the case of, of Twitter, we impose costs by warning off advertisers to continue to advertise and enable Twitter 
that 60% yep. uh, uh, hit on advertisement should crater be, should, should be no, no advertisement on Twitter. And then there could be a change in potentially leadership and, and a kind of a reformation of how that whole, um, uh, you know, social media platform operates, but we have to make sure we hold people feet, uh, feet to the fire, hold them accountable. Yeah, it, it has gotten just more and more toxic, and we all talk about it. I mean, I know, I know. Your, I think your wife deleted hers. I mean, it, you go on Twitter. I mean, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter, and and it is the toxicity. I mean, I see so much more hate than I have. Anything I post gets the hate. You get it every time you say anything. You know, it's and it's completely unchecked. There's no system. Why? I don't know. Whatsoever. I don't <laughs> yeah, I know. God bless. Yeah, don't look. I mean, that's the funny thing is you just stop looking somewhere. Like, and I kind of laugh because care. I'll get these like Missouri politics. There's my favorite project. You know, I live in Missouri, and I go after these guys, and these guys will come after me. And I got to tell you guys, go for it. I don't see your shit. <laughs> I don't care. You can, you can share really all you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I share my, I get, I get the privilege of sharing my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You can listen or not listen. Sure, all you want. What yeah. you have to say most of the time. You know, I, that that's not meant yeah. to be offensive, uh, I, but it is one. And as a matter of fact, if you pop your head up, you silhouette yourself, you get blocked. So, you know, it's I okay. know with your blue check. Oh, you want me to see it? Well, great. I'm blocking your ass. You know, it's, <laughs> it is funny because they'll chirp at me. Oh, I see that you were a Lincoln project. And this look at this article from four years ago where you, you know, had a bankruptcy. Yeah, I lost my business to the pandemic. You got me. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, man, no shit. I mean, if you think that's all you're going to, that you got, have a nice day. And, 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 and so we do our, we do have a fight. And I guess it is the larger democratic fight we're facing here. I mean, we, I mean, it, the ironic thing of all, uh, ironic doesn't even do the word. I, I'm such, you know, I went to I went to Harvard. Um, the whole point, the reason they try to use the Nazi hey, stuff about hey. Ukraine, well, <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> I was I was clearly not. I don't know why they let me in there. Um, but I mean, we had actual Nazis parade in Florida this weekend with the flags and everything. And if the whole thing, that, right, they're welcome. And, and I mean, the whole thing is the Azov battalion back in the, you know, they've literally taken the Azovs and made that, oh, all Ukraine's Nazi. A foreigner could look at our country and say, well, they've literally welcomed them to stand outside Disney World. They've welcomed them to stand on bridges in Florida, completely unscathed. Mm. Uh, how would a foreign, you know, how would someone from overseas not see that? Well, I guess America's turning a Nazi. I mean, we are doing nothing to stop this. Um, and it has to be troubling to folks like you, who obviously, you've, you, and you've, you're in Florida now, I mean, you're watching DeSantis um, crater, but does nothing to stop this in any way, shape, or form. Well, cratering is help, uh, helps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Presidential campaign is cratering is, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I think that we shouldn't read too far into it. It means that, you know, there's still a whole a group of people around supporting Trump. But I found the latest kind of data to be really heartwarming. Uh, which is 59% of Republicans uh, still support Trump. Yeah. That is, that is actually not, a, that is, you might say that as, wow, that's a lot of people that still support him, but that's 59% of his own freaking party. Right. That is a horrible, horrible number. Right. You know, we're talking about like a Republican party that's in the tens of millions and only, and he won 71 million votes in the last time around. He's basically setting himself up to win what 40 million votes right like one of the most disastrous showings in in uh you know in uh, electoral history yeah bring it this right. might be the, this might uh, you know take us down the road it's going to be close to that unfortunately yeah reality suggests that this is going to be like you know two three-point game too close to, to too close to call too close for comfort yeah too close a coin flip between authoritarianism and democracy yeah but you know I, in my, in my, in the back, in my heart, I, you know, I, I look forward to him getting, you know, no more than 30, 40 million votes and absolutely cratering the Republican establishment and forcing them to look uh, introspectively and rebuild. That is to me would be uh, a amazing success. Yeah. And we've said for a while that they need to, they need to have devastating losses at the ballot box and be put out uh, and to relegated to the wilderness for a while to, to reset. Uh, and we, I know we do. I mean, I, I, everybody's freaking out. I mean, it's easy to freak out. You see the polls, they're neck and neck. Oh my God. This poll shows them beating Biden. I mean, we're a year and three months out from the election and two months, you know, it's uh, polls are almost meaningless. But on top of that, the polls are so skewed because you're right. We're, we're still in the middle of the primary season, but 
you know, we all like to worry, but I, I think I, I say it all the time. He just, he doesn't have the general support. He's got 91 counts against him. Um, he's not a good person and, and he's not even a good campaigner. He was a better campaigner in 2020. He's not even trying right now. He, he thinks he can coast back, um, seeming to forget that he actually lost, uh, which I, I guess he doesn't believe he did. But yeah, it is it is it is a moment. Um, we, we, we know we're going to have giant turnout from the left. Um, and and I've said a couple of times to show people listen often how I've heard I've read stories from across the country where people who are going to Republicans who are going to run this cycle, like for Senate or Congress, passed like locals. They were sure going to run because they know. And I've heard I had a, a state legislator here in Missouri, a Democrat who speaks to her Republican colleagues regularly. They 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 voiced they told her, we know we know our we know we're in trouble that. The Gen Zs are coming. Gen Zs watching. Um, there's a movement in the left. The abortion issue is a huge issue. This uh, regular ass Americans are seeing Nazis parading yeah. with DeSantis signs or Trump I think signs. The thing you know, that I would like to see is you know it, it it is definitely a get out the vote effort and turning out the, yes. the but we also have to have a, a really really solid game in terms of persuasion. Right. Need, we need those uh, independents to come out and also, you know, uh, vote in fairly significant numbers. They can't stay home. They have to come out and vote in significant numbers, you know, a, a, a 60, 40 game amongst independents. That is what's going to be critical to this election. Yeah. Cause there's, there are swaths of this country that do, are dis- displeased with both parties yeah. and will want our ind- consider themselves independent. Yeah. And we need those folks to be persuaded also. So it's not, that doesn't mean extreme kind of left, uh, you know, ultra progressive policies. It needs it needs to be about getting things done, producing for the for uh, constituents, producing for the for the public, continuing to to make those kinds of investments that the Biden administration is doing a better job of selling, but yeah. that have created enormous amounts of jobs and uh, unparalleled prosperity. You know, it's interesting. Like up until. Months ago, people were like, okay, you know, how, how long before China overtakes us? Right. It's not going to overtake us. Right. It's, never, I mean, right now the data seems to suggest yeah. that by the time you get to 2040, China is going to be experiencing 1% GDP growth. Wow. If it, if it ever comes even close to, to uh, uh, matching us on GDP, and that's different. That's not, that's not per capita GDP. Per capita right. GDP is really the true wealth indicator. You're taking, you know, whatever, 24, let's say we take 24 trillion divided by 330 million. Yeah. That's one number versus, you know, what are there? There are about 17 or 18 trillion divided by 1.4 billion. Yep. That is a different, a huge disparity in wealth. But let's say that top line number, that GDP number is, if it ever gets close, it's going to be a blip. Because yep. on the back end of that is a, a, a massive G, um, a demographic a hit that China is going to take. And we're going to stay the biggest country, the most powerful country in the world. And we need to start acting like it. We need to start acting as uh, like the world leader, like the leading democracy, like the arsenal of democracy, whether that's support to Ukraine, whether that's nurturing democratic institutions around the world. Yep. You know, on, your on democracy is not just on democracy in, in uh, the U.S. It's on democracy around the world also. Uh, we have a lot of viewers and followers. Or I, I get it. Australia. Thank you, by the way. I get comments from Australia, Canada, the England. England. It's really remarkable how many international folks watch the show. And they do. And they fret. What's amazing to me, consistent in the comments from overseas, is we're worried about America. We're worried about your nation. We're worried about your nation. as a lead. They all recognize that while imperfect, we are a leader of these movement, a leader of the world. Uh, again, I credit Biden constantly about Ukraine. You know, do, the work he's done to create a coalition to support NATO. Germany, did you see that? I know you saw how Germany produced Gepard, uh, Sabo tank rounds in what was it? 18 weeks or some ridiculous no like from from scratch i mean germany I mean, people don't understand how so when i'm talking about folks there's an uh, you know that they, they they're giving leopard tanks to uh to our friends the ukrainians and the problem was ammunition and germany of course has not been supporting their military their, their defense industry and germany stepped up and gave them tanks and they had to actually reactivate a ammunition factory that hasn't been used and they got new ammo in about was it 18 weeks alex am i crazy it's just yeah. 
a shocking <laughs> number, you know, it's incredible. And so the, the, the Ukrainians, they're not getting old shit from North Korea like the Russians are. They're getting brand new ammo off the factory line, the most modern possible pieces of equipment going to the front lines on the most modern tanks available. I mean, it really is. That is all because of Biden. I, I am. I, I try not to be a super cheerleader guy, but that's because President Biden and his administration stepped in and quietly led or qu- loudly led overseas to kick our allies in the ass. All of Trump's bullshit about defunding NATO and they don't do enough bullying them didn't do shit. Biden quietly pushing, sending out his smartest people has yeah. done the, the exact. Well, so let me comment uh, on on democracy on Ukraine. Yeah, uh, we we've done a lot, but there's frankly more to do. Sure. This war is likely to go on through 2024. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I think next July when we have the Washington D.C. summit for uh, NATO, we need to invite Ukraine to join NATO. That yeah. is. That'll be the ultimate uh, guarantor of security in Europe. Yeah. It'll uh, Russia will not attack Ukraine in NATO, and it can ensure that we have peace and stability in Europe. Between now and then, we are uh, we need to provide ammunition in the quantities that the Ukrainians need. That is a huge shortfall in artillery ammunition. F-16s need to come in quickly. Helicopters, which you know well, have not even been part of the conversation. Those need to be in there, layered between F-16s for for air cover and air uh, air defense systems um, forward, including Gepards. Uh, The helicopters, attack helicopters, would be a huge um, uh, capability capability enhancer there. Drones need to be in there. Uh, I mean, that that is uh, EW systems, all sorts of different things. And we have attack them. These are not, these are things that... The administration is actually being too slow in delivering. Yeah. And that that's something that I talk to them about pretty regularly. And I urge them to to not uh, have blinders on to kind of the, the consequences of uh, a longer war scenario. So there's a lot to be done, but the, uh, we still have months left in the in the fighting season yeah. for Ukraine's offensive right now. And Ukrainians are picking up steam, um, yeah. plugging away. They're going after the center of gravity, which is Russia's combat power. They're breaking Russian combat power. And then after that, they'll have a much easier go of liberating territory. But that's what's likely to shape up over the course of the next uh, several months. Well, I really appreciate that. It's so important. Uh, and 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 things are changing over there, you know, with the, the Pergozin murder, excuse me, his unfortunate accidental death. <laughs> you know, he was murdered. Um, and 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 what will happen with those troops and, and, and those, those mercenaries being rolled up within. And that has a global impact, right? And I, I think we'll just, I'd love to get your perspective on that because I think people get focused in Ukraine with Wagner Group, but Wagner is everywhere. You know, Wagner's, they're in Africa. They're the, they're the strike force for a lot of really terrible shit. Syria, yeah. Africa. I mean, it, 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 should we, I mean, is there any kind of hope at all that we'll see change or are they just going to get swooped up by somebody else and, you know, change the name and still be just as fucking evil? Yeah. They're basically subordinated back under um, the Ministry of Defense. Right. There's, you know, the, the budget, it was the, the uh, Russian Federation budget that supported uh, uh Wagner in the first place. So, yeah. I mean, it's a really kind of a, uh, a thin layer uh, of uh, non-attribution to right. Wagner before. Uh, but it's, it's absolutely clear that, you know, they're supported by by the Russian Federation. Now they're subordinated to the Ministry of Defense uh, and to be an instrument of the Ministry of Defense with uh, with a high level of activities in Syria and um, Africa. Um, so they're, they're going to still be there mucking around. Um yeah. Not anything significant in terms of uh, the impact of of Prigozhin will probably have some impact on morale uh, effectiveness. Yeah, uh, the Ministry of Defense has proven itself to be uh, pretty bad at Terrible. managing. Yeah, so I think it's going to degrade their their uh, operations. But I think uh, in general, it's you know it's not going to be it's not going to completely um, upend those all those activities and and, and uh, troublemaking. Yeah, that's unfortunate because it is it is a state power now. Well, hopefully the I mean again the good news is like you said the the Ministry of Defense has proven itself to be monumentally incompetent and corrupt, um, and if, you know they need Pergozin and his partner there are pretty fucking evil people. So, and of course there is that hidden part where they're raking up money from mining with the places they take over. So hopefully we'll see some changes. But either way, um, I think in the end is we got to keep fighting. That we don't have a choice, right? There's not there's I think the last thing I'll leave you with, and I'd love you to answer this is. Um, 
I think Pence said recently that uh, he just while he supports what we're doing, he doesn't believe that Biden has made the case why the United States needs to continue Ukraine. So last question, then, what is the case? I mean, tell, tell our viewers and listeners why they need to tell their friends who, who question this, why there is a case to keep supporting Ukraine that, that is essentially the United States of America. So, I mean, I think it would be hard to argue the humanitarian component of this. Right. Ukraine to win on the battlefield helps wind down this war that has caused enormous amounts of casualties uh, on the Ukrainian side and just untold numbers of, of killed soldiers on both sides. Yeah. Um, so that from a humanitarian standpoint, it's, you know, it falls well within our values. From a national security standpoint, it is even more important. And the reason it's more important is because it's a source of instability. If Russia were to somehow win, which is a far-fetched notion now, it would absorb Ukraine and then look, put, cast its eye towards Moldova, towards the Caucasus, towards the Baltics, which are members of NATO. Yeah. And we would be we would be on the path to confrontation with Russia, a nuclear Russia directly, something that we've been trying to avoid. The Chinese, the the Iranians would take their mark. They would seize on the example of Western failure and move in the same direction. We would find a very complicated picture in the Middle East, in the Pacific, with Taiwan. I think another very very practical, uh, you know, kind of almost a, a very interesting meta- metaphor or um, way to explain this to the American public. Russia is an inveterate adversary. If they could get away with it, they would nuke us in a second. Right. If they could get away with it, with, but they they can't because we have uh, a as powerful or more powerful nuclear capability. We have uh, the, the the fallout from that kind of attack would be devastating to Russia also. Yeah. But if they could, they would. Yeah. That is the way they view us. The the Russian regime views us uh, and hates us, and would do anything and everything to wipe us out. What are the Ukrainians doing about that? Well, they're destroying the Russian military. Yep. For pennies on the dollar, we're talking about a you know couple percentage points of the defense budget. The Ukrainians have destroyed a half of Russia's conventional combat power. Wow. What a bargain. Right. What a bargain. For literally, I mean, I can't even, I don't know what, what, what what's a good, uh, like a, a fire sale. You get something that's worth $100 for like $3 or something like that. Yep. Imagine that kind of bargain. Yep. That is a, a incredibly powerful kind of sentiment that we neutralize one of our longest and most powerful adversaries by supporting a a, a democracy. Um, and I think that you know there are more things to say about it. The Ukrainians yeah. are pretty amazing uh, people, resilient. They will rejuvenate uh, Europe, and they'll add to both European and U.S. prosperity. Yeah, they have. Uh, rare earths, they're the breadbasket, not just of Europe, but of the world. We're seeing that now. Uh, they have yep. a powerful technology sector. Um, you know, they're part of uh, PayPal and Grammarly, a bunch of different things. Aerospace, they supported, supported our rockets yep. when we didn't have a shuttle, after we shelled the shuttle program. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of different th- reasons that we, we should do it. But, you know, the bargain of supporting Ukraine is just amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a, that's perfect, and I, I agree. And and the thing is, we are we are learning. Um, you know, it's it's actually forced it forced our hand to recognize our own shortfalls. I think our military. I think one of the things people didn't realize is that it's it's shown us what modern war looks like and the shortfalls we have with how. I mean, people don't understand the insider stuff. The military. Um, we used to have hundreds and hundreds of defense contractors there used to be hundreds and hundreds of ammunition depots and hundreds and hundreds of factories and since and since the 90s frankly since desert storm those have gotten smaller and smaller consolidated boeing's buying everybody lockheed's buying everybody now we're down to five or six major contractors and that's it and they do what they do and so now we found like they can't make ammunition fast enough because they closed those plants ages ago. They they can't. So it's been in many ways, this has been a very important process for the United States military to recognize our own shortcomings and prepare. Because look, you win and lose in logistics. Period. <laughs> the side the side that can produce the ammunition, the side that can produce the troops, the side that can sustain war is the side that wins. I mean, history is rife with these examples. Start with our own civil war. You know, who had the logistics? And so I do I do think there's so much value. But in the end, like you said, something key. And I'll end with this. Just as we were coming into the studio today, I saw the video of the missile shot on a market. 
in, in Ukraine and it killed 16 people, including a child. It was targeted. They targeted a market on a sunny day and, and everybody's walking around, minding their own business, going shopping and a missile comes arcing in and hits the market directly. It wasn't an accident. R Russia is ruthlessly terrorizing and murdering civilians as their military strategy. And that enough, that enough for us as Americans, if we believe in our values, should infuriate us enough that we should go to war. We went to war over terrorism. These guys are conducting the same kind of terrorism, killing just as many people every fucking day in Ukraine, in Ukraine. So with that, man, Alex, thanks for squeezing me in. I, it's such a great, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for Rachel for booking you. And uh, <laughs> right. if one of your other guests drop out, just yeah. give me a call. I'll, I'll be the filler guy. I I'm on care. it. I love it. You're in. Well, you're in. I got you to leave. You did good this way. You know, you loosen up, brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> so with that, go out and do great things. Go back on TV. Keep case. Keep your head up. And I really just appreciate everything you do for our country, my brother. Sounds good. Bro. Talk to you soon. Man, what a great conversation, right? We went we went long. I have like six more questions, but uh, you can see just how important the moment is, uh, both overseas and here at Home for Our Democracy. You can see the, the passion that Alex shows. If you ever watched, if you've watched Alex, I used to, so I'm going to have to admit a little thing. Hopefully Alex doesn't watch the whole show. We won't see this, but I used to tease that Alex is such a stiff. I think if you watched the show with Rachel, his wife, I said he was a stiff. Um, I'll tell you the story. If you, have, if you missed it the first time, you probably have never heard it before. But so the story of me knowing the Vinmans is a funny one. My, our sponsor, Sugar and Spruce, if you've, I hope you hope you go to Sugar and Spruce. <laughs> um, Sugar and Spruce is my my former wife, my daughter's store, and I used to work there all the time for them back in the day uh, when they first started, and in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And so during the whole impeachment process, or just after, one day my daughter texts me and she's she says, "Hey, we have an ad from we have a, a, a online order from the Vimmons." Do you think this is the Vimmons? I was like, "Yeah, definitely the Vimmons," because I knew the name. So. Um, I think I tweeted out about it. I think I tweeted about it. And I got a DM a couple days later from a NatSec hobbyist. <laughs> and hey, by the way, I'm Rachel Vimman and I, we've met. I mean, it turns out they'd met me in the store. I used to work there on Sundays a lot. We had met and we knew each other. And, and Rachel and I started exchanging uh, 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 chats and discussing the political situation. And when Alex decided to retire, we, we, uh, we got together down in Richmond, Virginia and discussed his retirement. And they've become just the most dear friends of mine. I'm very blessed to have them as friends. But you can see, but the funny story part of that story is when Alex and Rachel came down. I'd actually never really talked to Rachel in person. And so we had brunch. And at that point, I was getting ready to join the Lincoln Project. And I knew I was gonna be doing that. And, uh, and we're talking. And, and if you don't, if you know Alex and Rachel, Rachel's a redheaded lady from Oklahoma. She is a uh, Tough as nails. You should watch her show, uh, the, the Suburban Women Problem. It's a great show. It, 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 she'd been appearing here on the Mize Touch Network. And I remember sitting there at brunch that day saying, man, I like you, Alex, but I love her, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, we ended up doing an ad, the Lincoln Project, um, with them that I actually wrote for uh, Rachel's voice mostly um, because of the idea that this army, you heard the story today. This is an army family. He was a lieutenant colonel in the army like I was, right? Serving the ultimate, the, 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 just really the, the, the top job he could get as a foreign area officer, which is a specialist in, in, in overseas issues. He was a, he served in Russia at the, at, the, at the embassy. I mean, his career, the pinnacle of his career was serving in the National Security Council. But there were just still an average everyday army family. He went to work, he just had to go to work at the, at the White House. And then the most powerful man in the world attacked them. Um, was dragging their name, sending, they were getting death threats and all kinds of threats dropped off in their mailbox. At, at one point, the Pentagon um, had to put in security for them. Just an average army, American family, like a couple hundred thousand other army families. And um, it's a unique perspective. And I'm so proud of them for the, the strength that, that family has shown for our country and the fact they still, uh, they still move forward and they still engage in spite of it all. Uh, we're very blessed as a nation, as a democracy, to have people like the Vinmans who will take the shots and still stand up for what's right, as the book says, because the simple thing, as Alex said so pointedly that day, here, right matters. And that's what we're proving every day. And that's why you're here watching On Democracy, why you're here in the Myest Touch Network, why you're engaging with your elected officials, why you're stepping up. And I just, I'm just so pleased to be a part of the community. I'm pleased to have all of you in our community. As I say often, I had another video this week talking about the positive things. We are winning. Uh, it doesn't always feel like it. I'm sure the Ukrainians, it's tough. You know, when, when a missile hits a market and kills 16 people, including a child, it's hard to see winning. But we are winning. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's darkest before the dawn. But I believe in my heart that if we all stick together, if we continue to use our voices and continue to use the power that we have as American citizens and and even overseas, um, we will win because right will win. You have to believe that.
So we're seeing it now. We see our proud boys going to going to jail. We see the justice system, probably the wheels of justice finally turning uh, very publicly so we can see them turn. Uh, and that's what we ask of our that's what we ask of our democracy. That was the dream. And uh, and we're living it right now and we'll continue to. So with all that, as always, I remind you, I am and I will ask you, I, I it was my birthday last week. Thanks for those who joined Forgotten Democrats. I, I, do, I put a plea out on my social networks uh, to join the Forgotten Democrats for my birthday. I appreciate those who did. You can still do it. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to join our email list. You just text FRED to 33777. Um, you can even come in. We'd love you to come in and, and go directly to ForgottenDemocrats.org uh, and you can you can sign up right there. I'd love you to join for a little bit of a month or $20, $30 a month. You can be a part of our community and, 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 and be part of our town halls. I've been meeting the most incredible candidates. I've, I've talked to five, five different candidates who are all running for their second time in Forgotten Democrat districts who could use the support this time and, and we intend to raise the money to help them. So for all of that, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of all this. As always, you can find me at FP Wellman. I am still on Twitter. Um, I would say I'm there because that's where the fight is, okay? Um, it, it is what it is. However, I'm loving threads. I'm FP Wellman official there. I'm FP Wellman official on Instagram. The show is on Democracy Pod. Of course, if you want to get stuff sooner, uh, for those who sign up for our Substack, our Substack, you'll get the podcast a day early. If you're a big fan of that, uh, you can just go to fpwellman.substack.com. Really easy. Love to have you part of that community. We're ramping that up again uh, now that we're in the fall and uh, we tell some great stories. We actually tell some personal stories, my personal stories as well. I'd love to be part of our Substack community. As over coming to you from Half Coast Studios with our friends at Vi Media, digital marketing agency, V-I-E dot media. I just thank you, thank you, thank you. I say it a lot. I mean it. Thanks for being part of this community. Thanks for being part of the Midas Touch Network. Thank you to the brothers, Ben, Brett, and Jordy, who are such great partners for me uh, to mentor me and teach me and, and be a part of all of this. So let's hang in there. I'll see you next week.